I'm Lenine, and I work at Loving My Lashes Eyelash Boutique in Towson, Maryland, and I'm today's guest announcer. You can find me on IG at LashLady7 or at Loving My Lashes BTQ. Cue the music. In an industry where most of us spend the majority of our time working alone in a room, we wanted to create a podcast where you can learn, be encouraged, and find a connection with other lash and beauty professionals. This is the Lashcast Podcast, and here's your host, Paul Lubers. Coming to you from the City of Roses, this is the broadcast by Lash Professionals and for Lash Professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, as always, is a special episode. Why is it special? Well, today we are going to show you the Q&A that we did at our Elevate class back in April at Sheikson City. And we are really excited because we're going to basically just share a bunch of information, a bunch of facts, a bunch of stuff that we've been talking about during the day, but also people with some new things that we didn't get to cover during our, our presentation, I should say, and going deep on some stuff. So I really think you will find this to be a very helpful and educational time. And it's all, it's for the most part, business focus and some customer service, nothing about lashing or techniques. So if you're coming here for lashing and techniques, you'll have to go listen to an old episode with Tustin and Erica, or you can uh, wait for our upcoming episode. But today, this one is a lot on me. I get to carry this one on my shoulders. I really think you're going to get a lot out of it. But before we go into that, I do want to do some business real quick or go over some items and things that are coming up because we have a busy schedule, lots of exciting stuff that we actually get more chances for us to get to hang out and meet you guys. So as all of you probably know, IBS is coming up. Actually, when I tell my friends we're going to IBS, they just go, really, seriously, the beauty industry, you guys couldn't think of another name that doesn't make me think something different. But anyhow, side note, that's on June 15th through 17th in Vegas. International Beauty Show is awesome. It's also in conjunction with the IECSC. And so those two shows together really make this the biggest and largest beauty show in the country all year. It's really next to the Cosmoprof show that's in July. It's really our favorite show. We love going there. It's a lot of great time to network and meet. Most of the lash companies are going to be there. Actually, Borbaletta is taking themselves off the floor this year, but they'll be there with their party on Saturday night, so you can definitely be looking to that or go to their page at Borbaletta and check out. I'm sure you need the RSVP so you can get into that party. That's on Saturday night. That'll be on the 15th. And then we will be also having a booth at the show along with the Lash Premier and Lash Boss Radio. So Tara and Shelby, we'll all be hanging out. We'll be actually recording at least one or two podcasts while we're there and just meeting with people, taking pictures, um, signing my bald head, that type of stuff. And it should be a lot of fun. Um, Tara had challenged me to do a dance-off. I... You know, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not going to be dancing at the booth. Literally, we want to empty the show. Maybe at 5.30 when the show's over, I'll start dancing, and then people will know that's the end of the show. Time to go. Get out of here. Anyhow, we're also going to be having a party on Sunday night, but it's at a secret location, and we're going to make you earn your way into this party. We'll give you more details very soon. Tara, me, and Shelby probably will start doing stuff on Instagram, just sharing it and letting you guys know how you can get a ticket to this secret location at IBS. Also, we have another big thing we're going to be doing at IBS, and that'll be our Elevate class. It was such a big hit. 
had amazing reviews and feedback from everyone. So we're going to keep this thing going. It's going to be on June 17th, again at Sheik's in the City. It's $348. But right now this week, if you're listening to this podcast during the week of May 13th through 17th of 2019, sorry if you're in the future sometime listening to this, we are doing a promotion on our Instagram page where you just need to go and follow our page and then repost our promotion that we're doing for Elevate. So either the story or the wall, either one, repost it on your page and let everyone know about it. And then we'll DM you our secret code so that you can get $50 off. And on top of that, you'll be entered into a drawing to get a free ticket. So if you win, by the way, you need to buy the ticket before the 17th to get that discount code or buy the 17th. And then we're going to pick the winner on the 18th. So if you buy your ticket and you win, I promise you, we'll refund your money. I know. What a shock. So there you go. That's something you want to jump on. Do right now. We have less than 20 tickets. So at this point, you need to go on and go to our bio on our Instagram account. Click on that. It'll take you straight to the store. Buy that ticket. Get on board. And basically, come out to IBS for two days, walk the floor, have some fun, then sit back on the last day, or actually Sunday night party with us, and then on Monday, sit down, relax, have some fun learning about how you can elevate your business. So that's that. Real quick, I want to share just two reviews too, because we ask people for feedback. By no means do we think we're perfect and we have the perfect training program in place, but we're definitely twisting and turning and fixing things. But so far, actually, on this one, I didn't get any feedback that was negative. I got all positive, which is a good thing, but I actually am always looking forward. As you guys know our DNA, we always want to get better. We do welcome negative feedback. It's never bad. So if you're a listener who was there and you do have something negative, please share it. Because I mean, I know the most obvious one for us is that went way too long. It was like crazy long, like 10 hours plus. So that we will not do again. We'll keep it a little tighter and keep you guys a little fresher. But the two reviews, I want to share some of it. One first was from Brandy. She shared this, such vital information with non-intimidating delivery, a great mix of numbers, facts mixed with raw, vulnerable personal accounts and real life examples. You provide so much great material and I loved how you included so many recommendations for further education, such as podcasts, books, etc. And then we had Yesenia, I might be mispronouncing that right, but she said, totally awesome. You always engage and that's what keeps everyone's interest. Super funny, informative, knowledgeable, and understands what most of us go through in the industry. I thank you for that, those two great reviews. And we just want to give you guys a chance to come out, hang out with us for a weekend, learn a lot about your business, have some drinks on us on Sunday night, and it should be great. We also have a big event. I keep saying it's coming. I promise it's just around the corner. It's in the fall. It's going to be the, the go-to event of the year, I will say, for your business. There's a lot of good things out there, a lot of good trainings, but this is going to have some special focuses that I think you guys are going to want to drop everything and make plans to be out with us in October, I'll just say, just October. Just plan the whole month off. Come out and party. No, no party. Come out and learn and grow, actually, in October. But we'll give you more details very soon on social media. And then we actually, this will be the first time I say anything. We actually have a very big change, personally, Tusty and I, in our life that's coming up. It's actually very sad. But, uh, well, in fact, we're going to do a whole podcast on it. I can't give you any details yet but because we're going to announce it this week on Wednesday and we'll let the world know what's going on. And it's going to be interesting. It's going to be a big learning lesson um, and something that we hope to share and help other people grow through and something that we've learned a lot from and something that's going to force us to make some tough decisions. So that all said, I'll leave it at that. No more details. Uh, just look at our social media. This comes out on Tuesday. So really, in the next 24 hours, you can go on social media and we will start posting and then we'll do a whole podcast just focus on this. So anyhow, now let's get back 
to the reason why you're here. You came to listen to the Q&A, learn some stuff from our Elevate class. We won't actually be doing a podcast at the next show because we're going to be doing two or three podcasts on the floor at IBS. So we're not going to be doing it on Monday at the Elevate class. So if you want to get on the podcast, you know, come to the floor and hang out with us there. And then, you know, on Monday, you can come just hang out and learn and grow from that. Okay, that wraps up this part of the show. Let's get on the part why you really are here for, and that's to listen to our Q&A at the Elevate class we had back in April. We are here live with our team, Erica and Tusney. Welcome, guys. Hey there. Hello. We just got to listen to me drone on for like nine hours and teach a ton of things about business and how we do business at Integrity Lash. It was awesome. We had a blast. You guys all survived. Thank you, guys. In fact, here, we have a live studio audience. You guys got to cheer or something. Make so we yourself can hear. known. <laughs> Yeah, so thank you. Yeah, we forced them to do that. That wasn't a real one. That was <laughs> all right. Maybe I'll just add in audio later and just like a, like crowd masses cheering for us like a rock concert. That'd be cool. Yeah, it sounds like thirty thousand people. Yeah, yeah, we got thirty thousand people in here. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, maybe not. But that said, we just finished almost nine hours of business training, and you guys all survived to talk about. It. Thank you. And we're here now with our listeners trying to share. Everything we learned in nine hours, is that? No, I guess not. In one hour. No, we're going to just do some questions. We're going to do a little Q&A. And a lot of times we answer questions anyways normally, but today we're going to sit down and have live people ask us questions, and we'll see how far this goes. And we'll just take it, and once it's over, it's over, and that'll be it. That'll be very cool. We're very excited. So right now what we're going to do is we told you guys in the audience that you come up, say your name, and then tell us where you're from. And anyone listening right now, go follow them. You know, get your Instagram, get your phone out right now. Look up their name and hit follow. Reward them for being brave and coming up on here and speaking on the mic and sharing their voice with the world. Because, you know, we have millions of people listening. <laughs> Okay. We're getting yeah. there. Working on. These are the movers and shakers. You know, these yeah. are the people that are brave enough to invest in their business. They really care about their staff, and they've got the questions that that you guys have. Yeah, you have questions. We've got answers. If you know that reference, you can you tell probably me later. know who Phil Donahue is too, no. right? Well, yeah, yeah no, no, you got questions. I we got answers. That's Gary Vee. Come on, if you're watching Gary Vee at all, you'll know that's what he says. He has his own show doing that. Okay, so anyhow, Molly, come on up. You have some questions for us, I hear. I do. I'm Molly with A Touch of Lash. And first, I just want to say thank you so much for the class. I learned so much. It was very valuable. So thank you. I appreciate that. Cool. Um, some things that you guys were talking about that I had um, secondary questions on. Can you give specific examples of delegation for maybe inexperienced or new employees and then ones that you would delegate out to your senior staff, ones that have been with you for a while that you would trust to have them handle that? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Truth is, a new employee, <laughs> we don't give them a whole lot of just learn to do lashes, right? I mean, for the first year, it's nothing. I mean, very little delegation in that sense. Well, we have two stages when they're new. That's true, yeah. Uh-huh. When they first come on, we are working on them learning the technique. And so for the first portion of that, what we're doing is we're saying, we want you to bring your own models in. Okay, well, you want to pick people that love you because we all know they're going to be pulling lashes out and doing all sorts of horrible things, right? But they're just starting to get those skills. So once I'm guaranteed that they know how to do the bond and they're able to get a minimum amount on, I'm mean, not talking about every single row, but just one line all the way across. 
crossed, then I know that I can advertise for them and they don't have to be people that love them because they can do a very basic service. At that stage, you're an apprentice, okay? Well, yeah, the first stage is apprentice. Mm-hmm. Then once they start doing clients, you move up to a junior. Now, I forgot. I mean, this is our training. Our process for training is a little bit different. We actually pick, train people. Usually, on average, I say six to eight weeks it takes to get them on the floor. Again, if you're a commission model, you can't do that. You're mm-hmm. going to be like, uh, you can work for free for two months. How does that feel? If you're like, no, screw that. So we, we pay people hourly. So that's one of the benefits, especially when they're that first week. It's usually one week that we call them just an apprentice, and they literally are just bringing their own models. They're practicing. They're bringing two people a day, and they're just basically plowing through them and messing up a lot of lashes during that yeah. time. There's no charge to the client for that yeah, or to the just, model. Yeah, because they're basically being tortured for you know three hours. Yeah, and then <laughs> and then once they come on, then as a junior, we can charge a very minimum price for it, and. As we're training, we're saying, okay, in order for you to be a senior, this is what I'm looking for. So I'll go into the room afterwards, and what I'll say is, this looks great. Your bonds look good. But if this were a paying client, this is what she would expect. So we would need you to do X many more lashes. You make sure you get your inner corners. Make sure you get the outer corners. And once you're able to do that, then we can charge as a senior. Okay, yeah. so we have this training program that takes you know a couple months usually, as long as up to three months. After three months, we actually let them go now. We actually trained one person for nine months. <laughs> Never again. <laughs> Never again. We were Never tra- but again. you know what? I would rather err on the side of, of grace. being generous yeah. and being gracious. That was hard because she was so great. We loved her so much. I think that's yeah. why she was there for yeah. nine months. Yeah. She like fit all the categories that we were looking for. She just wasn't at the skill level. Yeah. yeah. Just hard. didn't have the ability. It just wasn't there. Yeah. And never was going to be there. And that was just too bad. But yeah. So, you know, after they've gone through the training, even during the training, if there's downtime, well, we have a list of chores, uh, basically, uh, tasks, uh, laundry, restocking, dusting, very basic stuff like that. Sterilizing the yeah. tools. Entering stuff into the computer. Getting me coffee. No, that's not part <laughs> no, that's actually not on there. No, no coffee. Sometimes the jokes fall flat. Yeah. <laughs> um, we just beat them for nine hours. Are you kidding? Any yeah. joke right now would be shocking if it was funny. <laughs> so they can always access that. And then we also have some special projects that if they've got a bigger chunk of time, we'll say, go ask Paul or go ask Erica. Most of the delegating is on our leadership team. So yeah. that's really where, because... Once you're on the leadership team, we've been there longer. We've proven that we're trustworthy and reliable. And so that's going to be like, for me, I focus on social media. Christina deals with our staff and their development a little bit more. And yeah, so we meet as a leadership team and kind of every week he's delegating different things to us. So basically anything he feels like he can relinquish control over and trust us with. I mean, I feel like we kind of prove over and over that we can do it. But yeah, it's mainly the leadership. Yeah. Another thing that they can do is they can shadow the front desk and really step in so that they understand the whole process, so that they're part of that, so they can also jump in in a fix. Yeah. No, teaching them to be front desk is very important. You want people to be able to back up. I mean, our front desk gets busy, and then Nelson, we had at times, some people didn't know how to do any of the things, so they just walk away. The and checkouts. Leave, leave the one person there with like six people waiting to check out, and we realize that's not good. People need to know how to do it. So teaching them to be able to jump in and help out and do secondary duties, that's a good thing early. It also shows that hunger thing when we talked about humble, hungry, smart. If you find someone who's always shirking those responsibilities, that's not someone that's hungry. That's not someone you want to hire, and that's possibly a very bad hire. You can try to coach them 
and say, okay, I need this from you. You need to do this. And if they won't do it, some dogs won't hunt. You just got to at some point say, you know what? This isn't working out. We're going to have to part ways. So, but yeah, I have to say, we don't have a lot of responsibilities early. Well, we like Tao, our front desk manager, she does our purchasing. You could delegate inventory. Yeah. Yeah. You know, cleaning. (laughs) Everyone's favorite thing, cleaning. (laughs) You get to clean more. You're new. (laughs) So it's not exactly a a high calling. But yeah, even though in our broadbands, which we talked about a little bit, or our roadmap, which uh, Strategies teaches about how to give a pathway for people to know what they need to do. You can even put that on there. Like you're a beginner, your first year or so, this is your level. These are the responsibilities that we expect. You don't want to get too much detail. Broadbands are really about big picture. But you can just say, maybe learn and help at front desk. You're not going to go help print papers, put signs up, because your broadband's like 80 items. It's going to be too much. But if you say you want them to be really good at front desk stuff. So in that first year, they got to make sure they really learn that. And you're incentivizing it because that's part of their broadband. That's part of the review now. And then the next year, it's like, okay, great. Now you've done that. We want you also, by the way, to you know, help out with maybe join a leadership team. Like, I wouldn't mind at some point if my whole company is on a leadership team. <laughs> It'd be pretty cool. It's like, oh, you guys are all solid. You all want it. You all are hungry. Join a leadership team. It's not like a club that only five people can be part of. And I already have 13 people and we have five people or six people on our leadership team. So half of our salon is on our leadership team. So, you know, it's okay. It's, you know. That's kind of what I was looking for too. At a touch of lash, all of our staff are pretty much senior master lash artists. They've been with us for years and years. So yeah. just finding new ways to engage them in the business, get them excited about, you know, doing jobs. Cause I mean, it's, it gets monotonous to do lashing every time. And yeah. like last night we came to your event here at Chic. And I mean, the thing that we got in the group text was <coughs> so fun to be out of the salon, but still be involved with lashes. Like, yeah. so mm-hmm. it just got me thinking last night for a question when we were talking about the delegation too, about like how to get them involved in other things. So thank you. That was really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Actually, I've just got mm-hmm. one more thing about that. Like you've sat all day and learned all the things that you've got to do. So one of the things that you can do is begin to delegate. Like for example, why don't you have somebody write out like what their ideal walkthrough for the client is, their experience. And then if you get a couple different inputs, then you can kind of glean the best things out of it. But they're owning it. So part of that is them owning it and taking more responsibility and for it. And that transition right. will all of a sudden become everybody's, not right. just yours that they're like following. You that know? makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then they'll have pride in that. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Completely. And there's something good. else I just realized that we could do, even though ourselves, we have our team meetings and something that I, our team meetings used to be Paul talking for eight hours. And um, not to realize, three hours, but it was a long time. It felt like eight. It felt like eight, yeah. <laughs> it felt like being here with you guys today, right? Oh, my gosh, Paul talking for that long. But what was nice is about, I don't know, maybe it was like six months, eight months ago, I started realizing I got all these other people have so much to say, so much to contribute. And I just started saying, Erica, I need you to talk about this. And Erica would go home, research it, come in. Hey, guys, we're going to talk about this. So I now am probably down to from three hours of doing most of the talking I'm probably one-third to a half. And the other time, it's all my team now going up there. And that's something a new team member can be. Because mm-hmm. let's say you have a dress code you want to enforce, and the new team member just learned about it because she's new and she's really good at it because she's just on. You can have her, hey, why don't you come at the next team meeting and just remind everyone about dress code? And she gets up there and goes, hey, guys, I'm just going to remind you about dress code, da 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 And they go through it, and now she's contributing to the team, and she's just started out. So there's little things like that that I think you can get them to plug in and help out, even like if you do team meetings where they have a voice. And I think team meetings are a wonderful way to talk about monotony to break up your month. We have a three-hour party 
really. It really is. It's, it's a lot fun. of fun. It's a lot of fun. Lots of games, lots of food, lots of prizes. We give out bonuses. We just try to make it into a lot of engagement. And it's not like what we just sat through where it's just really serious and lots of heavy talking and lots of numbers. You just can't do that. I think most of our team, I would think, you, Erica, you verify, actually look forward to the break of routine, doing something a little different and getting free food and all that. I'm the wrong person to ask because I've always liked meetings my whole <laughs> life. I don't know why. But some people are like, this is so boring. Even yeah. with all the games and the bonuses. And yeah. So there's, I mean, there's always going to be like. There's always going to be Yeah, that. meetings are yeah. tough for some people. There's just not what they're, I mean, a lot of people did not get into beauty just to miss meetings. Like, we don't have to do meetings because I'm a beauty professional. But there's that opportunity. So that's another idea. At but. the very least, the important things are being communicated and reiterated. And that's necessary. And, the, and I think the staff, because we have leaders, all our staff is now leading and doing it. I've seen a lot more engagement because Erica's talking, Christina's talking loves talking and when they talk the rest of the gals are all jumping oh wow it's no longer the man <laughs> it's someone else talking and i can jump in on that and contribute and they feel like more encouraged to engage and talk or, i mean we have times where i'm like okay guys enough talking we gotta like stop and like we'll go on for like an hour about a topic and we're trying to solve a problem that i used to have to do by myself and now my team is doing it and it's pretty exciting i mean I, I, that's something we never had like years ago so it's mm-hmm. a little off topic but him so what's uh, I know you had a bunch. So yeah, I have another question. Go for um, it. So we learned so much about just like how to read your profit and loss statements, how to figure out a budget and so many helpful tips. But also what we learned was that it's really important when you get to the ownership side of things to work with a CPA. So obviously there's a ton of CPAs out there. Is there any checklist or questions that you go through that specifically help you for the lash industry? The, <laughs> the um, CPA that I have right now, he's wonderful, but he's definitely more in the sports world. Um, yeah. But I'm looking for something maybe more here now that my business is yeah. the way that it is now. So mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I'm with the right person and the questions to ask. Yeah. <laughs> now, is Kapsa Ode a CPA? Yeah, they're CPAs. They aren't going to do your bookkeeping, but they are okay. CPAs. So they will verify your financials and make sure that you're in line. Like I said, during the training, they're a great um, resource just to check and make sure you have good numbers. And the name of it is Kapse Oda with a K, K-O-P-S-E space O-T-E. T-E, yeah, yeah, two T's with E. They are specific to the beauty industry. Yeah. They are really, really good about a little tips and tricks and know all the ins and outs for cheap. all the states. They're, they're, they're actually a little bit more expensive. They're extremely busy. They're very highly respected in our industry. They go to all the trade shows. You'll see them there at the beauty shows, like the bigger ones, not the last ones, but the really bigger ones. They're there speaking, they're training, they're doing different things. There's someone that, if you want, I would just actually first get them to look at your financials and see if they, they'll tell you like, um, yeah, you're not getting the best advice. Like there's some things you're out of whack. Maybe your financials aren't set up correctly and you need to look at that. And and now you can decide to hire them to do it, or maybe at that point, I'll be honest, this is a tough one because I, I mean, truthfully, I don't know a lot either myself. What about area. asking successful hair salons yeah. and other lash salons who they yeah. use maybe? Yeah. I would talk to other hair salons because oh, last world, we kind of have like our little subculture. Mm-hmm. We're like punk rockers back in the 70s. We're like we're just in our own little subculture. We haven't broken mainstream yet out to everyone else. And because of that, we get a little insular and we're just, we're not really connected with the bigger beauty industry. I mean, the industry is huge and there's people been doing this for 30, 40, 50 years and we should be tapping into those resources. So I think a lot of times we go to lash salons like, hey, what do you do? Well, I've only been doing this for a year. I don't know. I mean, it's like, that's not a 
lot of wisdom here and get there. But you go to that place, it's the, the mainstay that everyone wants to do. It's like, go talk to them. By the way, here's just a tip I have. When you want to go get something from someone, don't just go ask for it them. Come to them and say, hey, can I take you out for coffee? Do you mind if I did this for you? I'll buy you lunch and I can sit down and pick your brain. I need some help. I need some tips. I'd like to find out. Maybe you can point me in the direction of who you use for your like CPA and all that. But offer something in return. Don't just come and get, 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 take, take, take. It's, like the, it's like the new client that says, hi, how much? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't care about anything else. Just tell me how much. You know, that's like the worst. So the same thing comes with this when you're asking people for tips or asking them for help. I think I'll try to give them something back and, you know, show some appreciation in that sense. I think that would be really cool. I have another idea. So usually every city has a local publication and they do the best of. We're in Pasadena. They do a best of Pasadena. I'm sure there's one in Vegas. You can either go on their website and have like the best of. Usually there's a CPA. I know our CPA was listed in the best. And so that gives you kind of a a starting point. At least some people are voting for them. Have been vetted a little (laughs) bit, you know. Yelp, again, this is where Yelp is on for you. Helpful. I mean, Yelp is, I think, always very true about things, but I think there is benefits there. But in the end, I think personal referrals, talking to other hair salons, I think that would be your best bet. And I think you'll find someone through that. I think that would be a good way. Oh, one other thing about Copsa Oda, we don't use them, although I'd love to, but they won't take you if they can't save you money. And I know they don't take everybody either. So yeah. if your business isn't on the up and up, you know, they'll... If you're cash only, sorry, yeah. they're not going to take you. <laughs> you don't want to do cash only. That's not playing by the rules. Yeah. So anything else? Do you have... Uh, I think I emailed you the rest. Yes, okay. <laughs> Let's get someone questions. else. Thank you. Yes. We may jump back and use a, someone else jumping on up here. All awesome. Right. Got another one. <laughs> yeah, you guys applaud when someone gets down. That's yes. a good idea. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Like two people, like, should we applaud? Actually, uh, we like, still have prizes left, so we should oh, get yeah. prizes. Yes. That's it. If you come up, you get a prize. I think we only have a I'm few tra- more prizes right, left. So, but we still do. I'll give you a yeah. prize. Okay, All right. Can you introduce yourself. All right. Uh, so I am Brandy. I am the owner of Charm Makeup and Lashes in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I feel like my biggest takeaway so far that's led me to this question for you um, is I'm going from being a single practitioner to opening my own salon with my first new employee. And the whole team-based pay sounds awesome. And I definitely, if I'm going to start a business, I want to start strong and take off running. But how do you know if team-based pay is going to be right for you? And Mm -hmm. what are those numbers that you need to be able to figure out to transition to that or start with that? Yeah, and I think for team-based pay, this is a tough one. This is a really long answer, so we won't go to that one. But I think the short answer is you should just call strategies. They have one-hour free appointments. You can bring all your concerns. If you have your numbers, by the way, I just told you all the numbers today that you should be tracking. Have those numbers. So when they say, so what's your pre-book? You're like, oh, it's uh, 60%. Okay, great. That's not bad. Um, how busy are you? What's your productivity? You're like, oh, it's, I'm only at 50. Oh, okay, interesting. And, and you, they can go over, they'll, they'll get a sense of your company and come with pain points. You know, tell them like, these are the things I'm struggling with. This is the thing I'm really worried about. And I'm scared of team-based pay because I'm afraid everyone's going to leave or I'm afraid I'll be having to pay payroll that I can't afford because now I have to pay them whether I have clients or not. You know, there's all these things that you're going to have fears and concerns about. And I promise you in that one hour, usually you can get it done. They'll sit down, boom, 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 knock those little barriers that you have in your mind and help you feel more comfortable. And then the next big thing is you don't have to sign for the class. You can just go to the incubator. 
And I think uh, we have uh, two grads here, but one's gone already. Valerie, she's gone to Incubator, just got back from Incubator just last week, right? Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was there last week. And Kat. And Kat did too. And it was in, uh, where was it? Was it in Connecticut? Yep. Yeah. And there was one, I think, in January that was in Texas and all that. But they do them like three, four times a year. So there's always one around the corner. If you still have questions, go to that first. Then you'll find out because you have four days there. And they're going to just give you a list. Bring all this information because we need that to help you crunch your numbers that make sense so you understand exactly what you're getting into. And you will basically learn what it means to be a team-based salon over those four days. It's not cheap. I mean, how much do you remember? Oh, you're a member, so it's, uh, yeah. it was included. I think it's um, a little bit over $1,000. Yeah. It's $1,000 or something like that. But it is so It's worth. so worth it. It's like anything. You're investing now in your company. You're not just, right. you know, and it's going to help you avoid making even more costly mistakes down the road if you, I think, go on the commission model long-term. Yeah, it, it seems like the most common thing I hear people saying who've switched over is, I finally have control of my payroll, or I finally feel like I have control of my salon. So it's kind of like, do you want to have control of your business? Right. Yeah, because <laughs> it's it, otherwise it can be a madhouse. And we went through, I mean, we didn't really get to go into it, but there's pros and cons for every model out there. Absolutely. And I just think there's more cons for most of these other ones than there is for team-based pay. I just think that the upsides are just so good that it's like, you know what? Just go for it. Um, and, but, yeah, dip your toe first. Don't just jump too quick because cool. if you do it too quick, you may, you know, scare yourself or scare everyone else because, you know, you're learning. And when you're learning, you can be indecisive and you can make bad decisions. And then all of a sudden you jumped into something too quick and you're like, oh, crap, I should have done it a little slower. I should have taken my time. You know, do it right. Don't just get it done. I'm very much a shoot, ready, aim like I should before. I'm just like, we'll just do it. We'll figure it out as we go. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes that can be really scary and people freak out when you do that so it might be smarter to just talk to the coach then tell them oh, by the way there's a team-based pay conference that's in september okay. that's another thing you can look to I and mean, that's a long ways away you might want to get to incubator before that right. but that's a one-time event that happens every september october it's a two-day conference and it's awesome it's great and there's a lot of tears at this conference because everyone finally finds someone else who understands your pain and you sit around and you just hold each other and you're like, oh my gosh, I, where have you been all my life? And there's just lots of sharing and new friends. And it's a really special bonding time of people bonding, connecting, not about services because there's everything there. It's hair, lashes, nails, but really connecting on the business side and saying, okay, we're in this bad place. As Neil Dukoff will say, you're in the fiery pits of hell and you're trying to find a way to get out of that. And team-based pay sits down and gives you a roadmap. Okay, we're going to get you out of that. This last year, there's some pretty well-known people that I won't say who they are, but have shared with me privately. I was getting close to closing my salon and everyone thought I was successful and I wasn't because I was on commission and it literally was killing me and I was getting close like how am I going to close my salon because I can't keep doing this I'm beating my head against the wall expecting a different result and it wasn't happening and that's what they call insanity right so she finally like these two people I know went on and said okay I'm going to do it and they made the switch and good for them because now I'm talking to them they're like oh yeah oh my gosh finally things are clicking it's a time they say it takes 18 months to fully convert 
So from the first day you start doing it's it, a it's a long time. But if you only got one team member, exactly. you'll be you'll be a lot easier. Mm -hmm. It's when you're you starting out. Avoid all the when, tears that will be shed yeah. at the, the team-based bank. Yeah, conference. yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You don't want to be part of that if you don't have to be. That's right. uh, a kind of sad club to be part of. <laughs> for us, actually, for us, I think it took us like two years. We're kind of like slow. A little slow. Yeah. So it would take a couple of years before we finally, I think, had full buy-in and we were able to know how to hire the right people and we. You know, talked about what we're doing and get people to buy in. But, you know, everyone's different. We need slow people like us, too. Slow learners. And it makes yeah. the other people look smart. Yeah. By, <laughs> by the way, congratulations on your oh. new hire. Yeah. Thank you. Jordan's fantastic. I think yes. she's a keeper. She's pretty yeah. Cool. yeah. All right. I wouldn't have been able to do it without you guys, though. Honestly, listening to the podcast has totally Aww. changed the way that I think about what we do. And thanks for that. Oh, oh thank, you. thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, no one else standing up behind her. Anyone else going to come up and brave the mic and get a prize, by the way? Come oh, yeah. on. You want to get a prize? All right, we have a taker. Awesome. I'm Jordan from Charmed uh, Makeup and Lashes in Michigan. Um, the thing that I would take away most from this is learning more about the financials of the lash industry. And then the question I have for you guys, how do you feel about series and packages for clients? Mm, good question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, we've done both. Uh, in the beginning, we offered more of an incentive for series. We would give a little bit of a bigger discount. As we've gained our clientele, we don't need to rely on that as much, so we don't discount that as much. But some people want that. They want to be able to come in and just walk out and just you know feel like a movie star almost, like with having their credit. So we still offer it for them. We don't give as much of a discount. Do you know what the discount is for the series? Um, I think it's 5% off for a six series, I mean, by six fills. And it's 7 or percent I think for uh, it's not a big discount we used to get quite a, a bit more but not we, at anymore. one point we were doing 15 and 20 percent if you bought 12 fills they were giving like a 15 or 20 it was just stupid I mean basically <laughs> we were saying I you just bought a year of, of lashes we're not going to be profitable ever when you come into a salon so it was not good for us and that's why we slowly lower the rate a little bit at a time so it wasn't this overnight thing and people who've been buying series still get their series and they're like They've never complained once. <laughs> they didn't realize that they don't get as much discount as they used to. It took us a while to learn. Like we just said, that we're a little slow. But we learned this the hard way with a gift card promotion that we did at Christmas. And we were like, if you buy a gift card for somebody, you get an extra gift card on top of that. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean... And, you were way too generous. Oh, yeah. We just thought, oh, we're building you know, goodwill. And the problem, we talked about this in the class, but that... What happened is we had all the money in the bank, and we thought, ooh, money, money, money. Look at all this money it was like that we 20 have. Grand. We're we made, like, ooh, what we made, can we do? We made 20 grand on top of our normal monthly budget. So 20 grand was like, that's play money to <laughs> fix up the salon and oh, do a lot we got of a improvements. New sofa, and we got new uh, bedspreads, and you know, we just, you yeah, know, uniforms. We spent it all. And then all of a sudden we're like, uh, we're not having that much cash come in. Uh, you know. So the next month, you know, let's just make up numbers. Let's say we're doing at the time $50,000 a month. So the next month we did 50,000 December plus we got that 20 grand. Woohoo. So now we made $70,000 in one month and now we spent it all. And then we come the next month and guess what? That 50 grand is actually now 40 grand. Because that 10000 came from those people who bought their series. I mean, it's like, let's say 45000 And so all of a sudden now, we expect to make fifty, and we only make forty-five. so we're short $5,000. And now you begin to downward spiral, like, well, I guess I have to sell more series. 
So you go out and hey guys, we have another series promotion, buy more series. Oh good, we got $10,000 in money again. Phew, we can pay our bills a month. And then the next month, now instead of being 5,000 short, because you just sold a bunch more series, now you're $8,000 short. And you're now beginning the downward spiral. This is the, by the way, this is the Groupon spiral too. It's a very similar predicament that companies get themselves in where you're just selling and buying the Groupon or selling the series to keep yourself on for another six months or three months or whatever that time period is. And it's the bad place to get. So here's what you should do. When you get a series, you put it, like we said in the class, you put it in a separate bank account. It's actually a great thing to do. If you, especially, we are a luxury service. We're high end. And if you want to give a little thank you and create a little loyalty, make sure if you know your numbers now, you make sure you're still profitable even with that discount. You can get a little discount if you look at your numbers. Go, no, actually, we can give 5% off and still pay our bills because we priced a certain profit level. Maybe we're at 15% profit. But hey, with the series, we go down to you know, 11% profit. I can live with 11%. I'm okay with that. And then plus it's building that loyalty and that person's locked in to see you for the next six months. So they give you that money. You do that. It's a little thank you to them for that benefit. But you take that money and you put it in a savings account that's separate. And then what you do is maybe once a month or maybe every week you go in and say, okay, let's say 10 people came in, redeemed their series. That came in at, let's say, $70 appointment. So, you know, $700. So you go to your savings account, take $700 out of that account, put in your business operations account. Sometimes you just have one, but just set up two then. Maybe put in your main bank account. And now that $700 is income that you just got from all those clients that came in that week. I would you know, do it like every week's probably the easiest, but if you're only one op person, you can do that once a month. At the end of the month, you can just look at your accounts, go, okay, I saw eight people redeem their series. I'm gonna go into my savings account, pull that money out, put it into operations. And that way that money is always there to help make sure you don't spend it. Right. And by the way, the good news is if, you know, for your balance sheet, which we talked about that with you guys, that shows up as an asset. When you have money in the bank, let's say you get $10,000 in a series. Remember when we talked about liabilities and assets, what happens if you have a better, healthier balance sheet, let's say you, someone paid $10,000, you got the series, that will be an asset, $10,000 in a savings account sitting there. And then you have the liability on your balance sheet for another $10,000. That's a negative that you people have to redeem. But at least they offset themselves and it's a zero. They so equal. They equal. What you don't want is... $1,000 in assets and $10,000 in the liability. That means right now you have a $9,000 liability in your company and makes your company less profitable, less, you know, it's debt basically. And debt is bad. As much as we, you know, people run their cards up all the time, debt is bad. It's not really a great best practice. So that's how that would work. And it's a good question. So just to sum it up, if we do do gift cards and the series, we make sure that we put that in an account and only access that when the client comes in and redeems it. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. yeah you're welcome. All right. Anyone else? Yeah. Applause. Woo! This is so cool. We're going to actually have applause on oh, our Jordan, show. Oh, Jordan, why awesome. don't you go and get the prize bag and take yeah. one out and then let uh, Brandy pick one out and Molly. and Yeah, keep yeah. the prizes going before they all run out, guys. They're going fast. <laughs> and these prizes, I mean, these are really high-end things from Nordstrom's. <laughs> Um, really elite. Yeah. Yeah. The solar-powered uh, Chihuahua bobblehead. Yes. Mm -hmm. Only found at Nordstrom's. Mm -hmm. It was like $2,000, I think. So, yeah, enjoy that $2,000 bobblehead. Um, anyone else? Or I'm gonna, I have my list of Molly questions here. We can just start answering away. I have another one. All right, Molly's going to come back. Yes. 
We're going to bring Molly onto the show here yes. as a regular contributor. Hi, I'm back. Um, can you tell us some of the uh, maybe benefit package that you offer to your clients? Oh, yeah. And do you offer insurance to them? Oh, Ooh, yeah. Good. Yeah. Yes, yes. Well, we okay. offer health insurance. We offer Kaiser. We pay, 50, um, we pay 50% of the rate. I would love at one point for us to pay 100%. It's not in our budget. We can't afford it. But in California, I don't know if this nationwide, but I know in California you're required to pay minimum 50% of the premium for your health insurance if you provide health insurance. And you don't have to. You can always put them on you know, Obamacare or whatever your exchange is in your local state. But we do because we feel morally obligated to provide insurance. I know not everyone can do it because their systems are set up not to, but if you, you know, what I really felt like one of my first goal that we did was offer insurance. It's sad. I mean, there's a lot of people, especially in our industry with so many millennials working, they're working with no insurance and they're healthy. They don't think they need it. And then that bad thing happens in their life and all of a sudden they need it and it's too late. And then my 50% is just taken out of my paycheck, so I feel like I don't pay for it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even see it, so yeah. I feel like I don't pay for it. Out of yeah. sight, out of mind. And it comes out, we split into two payments, too, so it's not one big chunk. So if it's, right. let's say for you, is Peter on the plan? No. No, okay, it's just you. So that's probably like 180 total, or I think around 300. You pay half of that, so 150, and it's like $75 per paycheck. It mm-hmm. disappears. And like she says, it's just a deduction. You never even see the money, so it's like out of sight, out of mind, and it goes out real nicely, so it's really easy easy to do that. Mm-hmm. Another thing we pay is for sick days. I think we do five. We do five. In the state of California, it's required. At least last I checked, it was three, but that could have been changed by now. So don't quote me on that. But what we also do is because we want to encourage people to be at work. Now, we don't want people to be at work if they're not well. Yeah. But if you are healthy and you take good care of yourself and you don't use those, we don't want people to lose out on that. So in January, if they haven't used those, we actually pay that out as a bonus. I yeah, now I told we steal things from everyone, right? We stole this idea from my job at Shutters. That was one of the things that's great. When I worked there about 20 some years ago, it was incentive just for people not to go and use their sick pay for vacation pay, basically, which is the big concern, right? There's gonna, oh, I got five it's sick so days. Sunny I'm outside. gonna go to the beach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna just sleep all day and call in and be like, uh, 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 I can't come in, I'm sick. <laughs> you know, the fake calls, you can tell usually. <laughs> Anyhow, so the nice thing about giving that incentive saying, look, if you stay healthy or don't really use their sick days, you're going to get a full week's pay in January when you need it most just after Christmas when you spend all your money. <laughs> so you know, hey, I got five sick days. I'm usually healthy. You know, I add up my pay. Maybe it's a $1,000 paycheck that you can count on in January as a bonus. That's a nice incentive and makes people think, Maybe I don't want to call out sick because I, actually I lose money in a sense. You'll still get paid that sick day and it's your legal right. You should have that, but you won't get that bonus in January. Uh, we also offer vacation pay. There are some boundaries with it. Yeah, we basically do the first year. No, you can take two weeks off, 10 days, but no pay. You have to earn this one. This is one that we may change it at some point, but after your first year, you get one week. After two years, you get two weeks. And actually, after five years, you get three weeks. So technically speaking, we tell people, if you stay here, and we had one person who stayed right after five years, and then Christina left us. She used to be on our show here. She's awesome. We love Christina. And she basically, when she left, had three weeks paid vacation and one week sick pay. She basically only had to work 11 months out of the year, which, you know, 
Even us, we never get that as owners. No, no, no. I'm not going to be able to take four weeks off every year and do stuff. That's what everyone thinks bosses do. Oh, they're on their yacht. That's not the normal way things go. It's a fight for us to take time off. But that's one of the benefits of being in the team is that in the business, you have your map. You know what you're going to get with us, and you stay longer. It gets better. I remember the first time we introduced the three-week paid vacation, and someone goes, you're just trying to keep us here longer. I'm like, yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm trying to make it really good. I mean, someone who stays five years, I think deserves, you know, that you'll see in the last world. I mean, I know you've had it, but in the last world, you know, it's like a year. I mean, most people stick around maybe two. And after two years, it's it's over. Yeah, I've been so fortunate to have my girls. I mean, the longest one that's been with me has been seven years. And she has been my ride or die, gone through my ups and downs. And I see these other industries where you're able to offer these benefits, health insurance, paid vacation, paid sick days. And we can't do it because of maybe how we're paying them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, my main goal today was to learn as much as I could about the team-based pay. And you didn't disappoint. It was a very informative class. So thank you. I think I'm going to be able to implement more of what I learned today than I have in the past 10 years of being in the industry. Oh so wow. I'm very Molly. excited. That's really yeah, cool. Thank you. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Cool. There we go. And- yeah. Yeah. What, uh, look, we should say a couple more things just, you know, as benefits with us mm-hmm. is we do two paid breaks every day. So our staff knows that they have to go on break. We actually set it up. We told you about deputy. There's actually a little button there in their shift that says, did you take your two 15-minute paid breaks? If you don't, you just have to sit no. And if you did, you say yes. If you don't, then we have to talk to you eventually say, I need you to start taking your breaks because you're legally you're required to in California. Other states, they don't care. California, they care deeply about that. And so it's the right thing to do. And we make sure that you get paid breaks, you get paid training, you get paid lunches. We also do um, team meetings, get paid during the team meetings, you get free lashes, all those things. You get free lashes a lot of places, but here at least you get paid to do free lashes. So a lot of times it's just trade straight for trade, lash for lash. But in our salon, if you're doing someone else's lashes like Tusney does Erica or Erica does Tusney's, Erica's on the clock while doing Tusney's lashes. So it's not like coming in on your day off and having to do it. Everyone's still in the schedule, so you can come in like a normal client. Yeah. Another thing that we do is the cell phone stipend. Yeah, we do a cell phone stipend. One of the things that we decided to do, and this is recent, just in the last couple of months, and this is only because there have been lawsuits where if you require your staff to use the phones in any way whatsoever, you are opening yourself to a liability, especially in California again. It's a gray area. Now, we don't require them. It's voluntary. But, you know, people use their phones so much. So just to stay above, you know, making sure that you're doing everything above approach, we offer a very small stipend yeah, monthly. It's just $13. So we're spending, you know, <clears throat> a little over $100 a month on the phone stipend. It's not a big budget item. But it is something that's protecting us from any legal, um, I guess, liabilities that could open up because they could still argue, I had to check in using deputy. Well, actually, you could have gone on computer and checked in. But we do note sharing, and I have to go on Evernote to look at notes. No, 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 you could have done that on the computer. But I don't want to get into those fights. I just rather just say, here's $13. Yeah, that helps pay your phone bill, and that helps us avoid any legal challenges that we could have. I mean, people sue you anyways, but at least it makes it a lot harder. Like, if they get a lawyer going, so you want to sue them for phone usage? Yes. Did they ever pay you for that? Yes. 
why, what, what? We can't sue for that, okay? You have to have actually damages. And usually what is they're saying is that you're using time on their phone. And anytime you use your time on your phone or like many of you maybe take pictures of clients of their lashes and post it on Instagram. And if you have your team doing that or require your team to do that, that's a potential liability that they can come back and say, eh, you never paid me for all that data usage when I used your Wi-Fi and <laughs> uploaded those photos in your salon. It doesn't matter. They're not, they're, you know, you just want to take care of that and protect yourself. So that's something that we started doing too. We also give $100 for every year that they've been there on their anniversary. Yeah. So, and that's kind of a special. So Erica's next one will be 400 Yeah, yeah. For year four. <laughs> and so, and it'll just get better. Christina had five years. We gave her $500, um, you know, actually um, check. Uh, but I won't go into that. I was going to say about taxes. We'll talk about that another time. We, Paying you guys, taxes on bonuses. We also, any extracurricular events, so like coming out to Vegas, yeah. they pay per mile for me driving. And then like I've been clocked in all day. So. Yeah. And she's in overtime by now. Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's making time and a half right now to sit here and talk to you guys on pot. By the way, we don't get paid anything extra to be here. <laughs> Welcome to being the owner. But it is such an honor. It and is. I do want to shout out to Jasmine. Jasmine, you're awesome. She is hosting and one of the most fabulous hosts ever, Sheik Sin City. Um, yeah. What a wonderful party. Yeah, what a wonderful Yeah, if you're in Vegas, host. come to Sheik. I'm sure Jasmine, I know where she does this. I mean, other, I've heard other stylists come here. She welcomes them in. She's so nice. She doesn't like an enemy anywhere. I mean, the fact I know that Molly and her were connected, that's not normal in most communities to have two big salons, what, five minutes apart from each other, and you guys hang out and talk to each other. And you are modeling that yeah. sisterhood, that um, sharpening. That's what I love. Instead of competing against one each other, I love that, you guys. No, it's very cool. Uh, did you have a question for us? I do, yeah. Yes, come on up. up. Hello, so I'm Valerie from Valora, and I have two questions. One of for our you. sponsors, by the way, too, oh. for our pod, or for not for our podcast, but for our swag soiree. Bags. Yeah, yes. swag bags. Yeah, Ooh, thank the you. lash one. Yes, yes. Yeah, the Love lash, that thing. it's like the best lash one ever. Oh, thanks. Yeah. We, <laughs> our staff loves them. So. Yay, awesome. Who's uh, your manufacturer? I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 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 sure, secrets. We're just yeah. teasing. <laughs> no, we're teasing. Okay, so my question is what do you guys think about memberships? Mm, we've thought about memberships. Yeah. We thought about it. We passed on it. I can't remember why. <laughs> I can't. I'm trying to think about it what too. Kind, what kind of membership? Like a massage envy, Is that like, uh, or, or like a uh, amazing, amazing lash. lash. Amazing oh. lash does it? Where they pay a, a monthly fee mm-hmm. and they're included like one service every time. I can already tell the biggest reason why. Mm. I think it creates it because this happened to you. Like Tustin, here's the example. We love our. Chiro- I have a chiropractor that I go to. Oh, I know exactly there. why. Okay. And this is actually what helped us really think we don't want to do memberships. Yeah. So Tustney just got busy, stopped seeing Derek, and love Derek, by the way. Shout out to Derek. Me. I'm sorry. We don't know what Derek. There's a lot of Derek's out there. He, I went to him, too. He's so amazing. He is. He's, he's wonderful. He's I still go to him, by the way. So <laughs> big vouch, you know, Derek, if you're listening, he doesn't listen. <laughs> Derek, don't no worry. last name. No name. I know. Like, somehow. He didn't know. There's a guy named Derek. It does, uh, you know, chiropractor. Anyhow, um, so... She was going, she just got busy and couldn't do it. And he kept billing her every month, even though she wasn't going in, because she was part of a membership. And, t- and it just started making me feel bad. I was just like, oh, I'm not really happy with this. And it, it was completely on me to go, right? It was month but- to month, too. She could cancel any time, but she just never <laughs> I did. I just never did. And the more I thought about it, it just made me feel bad. It made me feel bad, like thinking... You know, he should reach out and call and say, hey, are you... I'm putting it on him, right? I'm putting yeah. it on him. 
you know, <laughs> hey, is everything okay? Do. You know, right. But this is like I'm observing my own feelings about it. Mm-hmm. You know, I called and said, you know, I just need to be put on hold. But I was like so busy. I just made the excuse. I just couldn't. But it just left me with a bad feeling. And so we thought if people aren't coming in for their service for whatever and they're being billed for that, it's going to create a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. like even if I wanted to do chiropractor again, I probably wouldn't go back because just even though it's great, I just have this bad feeling about mm-hmm. it, you know? So No, I just think that, and I might be wrong. I try to follow trends. I try to be listening to the world, what's going on in beauty. It seems like the whole movement to go with memberships has kind of come and passed. I could be totally wrong on this. Someone's like, Paul, some CEO, some big company's like, we're a huge membership company. You're an idiot. Okay, I'll take that title. But mm-hmm. it seems that that whole massage envy model has kind of come and it's kind of passing. I just don't see companies pushing memberships as hard as they used to. I remember I'd, we'd go to the trade shows, see like half of the talks about membership, membership, membership. And you're like, oh, okay. I read articles, membership, membership, membership. And I just don't see as much of that. And I mm-hmm. think it's because I think people are beginning to realize what happens. And I hear this amazing lash, who's a big membership company. Mm-hmm. And if you guys listen, if any of you guys listen from amazing lash, I'd love to talk to you about your experience and what you do. Call us. We'll learn from you. But I would hear clients would just cancel their appointments and want refunds after the fact. And they'd get these fights. Like I haven't been there for three months and you've been charging me. I'm mm-hmm. done. I want all my money back because they're busy and they didn't look at their phone or their line items in their own personal budget. And all of a sudden they That's realized me. they've been spending on a ton of money. And they didn't realize it. Yeah, there was with you. We didn't me. realize that you're being charged mm-hmm. until it's too late. And then you get mad. Mm-hmm. And I think amazing last has to deal with that problem quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that. And I just don't think it really works very well. I hate finding myself in combative relationships with my t- with mm-hmm. the very people that I'm basing my living on. As tempting as it is to say, it'd be so cool to know that I, ching, ching, I could just go to the credit card machine, put $20,000 in charges every month. That's really nice to have that. I found we also were getting combative. And then the second reason, I just realized, the second big reason was this. We are generally booked out four yeah. weeks at a time. Mm-hmm. If you're a member, you want to be able to get in whenever you want to get in. Mm-hmm. And every time they call, you just paid for this, and you're calling to get in. You're like, um, I'm sorry, next opening is in two months. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, I'm a member. Yeah, I know. Sorry. Get <laughs> in like, line. Get in yeah. line. We got a lot of members right now trying to get in. <laughs> we knew that our salon, that that would not go well and that people would get quite angry. If we had a lower productivity, which we talked about today, maybe you're in the 80%, 75%. Yeah, membership could make more sense because you have a little bit of play in your schedule. You have a little bit open schedule. So someone could, you know, call last second and say, hey, I need it in tomorrow. Oh, great. We got two appointments. Which one would you like? Mm-hmm. And then you can do that. And that makes more sense. But if you play, we've always been a little bit higher productive. That's a little more difficult. You just can't quite uh, do that membership program without really, I think, eventually alienating a bunch of people. And then, you know, you break trust. It's so hard to get clients back. Once you break trust, it's over. They're gone. And then they go and tell five other people, by the way, who now won't trust you either. So that one person has become five. And if you have 10 of them doing it, it's become 50. And that's how you start going in the wrong direction. And we just decided for us, it wasn't a good match. But I can see there are probably models out there that make sense, that work. You just have to go in realizing you can't get super productive. You got to manage that a little bit. But as long as you control your costs, you can have a lower productivity rate mm-hmm. and still be profitable. And then I think, you know, also realize that maybe be very clear about, you know, maybe send an email. We're about to, actually, I get this from one company that would do our social media stuff. I would get an email seven days before they build my card. They say, just a reminder, your membership, we're going to be charging you in seven days. And then that way it'd give me an out. 
I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that's right. No, I want to cancel service because I got what I needed from this company. I'm going to cancel it. Mm-hmm. So to me, if I did that, that would probably be the way I would do a membership. You want to give this client as much opportunity to say, I'm done. I'm taking the break. I don't want to be charged because I think the idea otherwise is you're going to be charging people and having a lot of either just, you know, And then it burns disputes. the relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. they'll never come back. Yeah. Like, yeah. You'll never see Derek again. I know. <laughs> I just feel bad about it. Does that okay. answer? Is that yes, good? that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and then my second question is, you spoke earlier about our why. I want to know, so your guys' why, and then also, do you guys have a collective why at the salon in case there is a tough time and then you guys can all reflect back to that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Good thing. Uh, for me, my personal why I do this, why we run Integrity Lash, is I want to create opportunities for the people that work for me to make a difference in their lives, mm-hmm. you know, for good, for their families. That's what motivates me. Mm-hmm. There, you know, when we have someone's bad- disgusted with their podcast, she's leaving. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Bye bye. We're um, only an hour overtime on this. That's why. But yeah, yeah. I know. That's, you know, when I've had a bad day, you know, I can think, okay, that's my end goal, making a difference in people's lives. It's not affected by the having a bad day. Mm-hmm. I mean, so that's what I can focus in on. Yeah. You want to talk about that, Eric? Yeah, I mean, I mean we did this as a team yeah. about maybe six months yeah. ago. We went through and asked everyone to come up with a why. We gave them the whole exercise. They went home, wrote it. Some people didn't do it. It's a personal thing. Like, mm-hmm. we didn't all do yeah, it. Yeah, it wasn't obligated. We'd say, everyone, we have to do it. And we don't have so much a team why at this point. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's a good insight to think about doing mm-hmm. something like that, having a really big picture team why. I mean, I can kind of say about it in a second, but I'll let you talk first, and I'll kind of wrap up the whole why question. Yeah, I think, like, before you get into a team thing, it's good to do it for the individual. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, because people don't think about that. And a lot of times, you're, like, you're just in survival mode, but mm-hmm. it kind of helps transition into thriving a little bit when you can really get your team to think about why they're doing it other than just pay their bills, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. So I think like it also, when you share that with everybody, like if, you know, you get the team and everybody's sharing their why, that feels collective almost because you're Mm -hmm. like, oh yeah, that is why I do that. I do Mm -hmm. that too for that reason, you know? So it kind of like, it makes you realize, I mean, just to kind of like really generalize it, but you're like, we're just we're all trying to do the same thing and do mm-hmm. it well mm-hmm. and, you know, provide for our families and create a good life. And, yeah. but yeah, I think we should do like a collective, I mean, our pledge is, it's our for the company, like but, yeah. but we like have there's a little bit of the why in there. Yeah. I think for, um, for me personally, there's a couple whys. I actually only just have one. You can have more than one. There's no rules here. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you only have one whys, you know, shut up. Uh, for me, there's a couple things. I mean, one of them is really why, in fact, we started a podcast is we really want to help raise the bar for what it means to be a beauty professional. Mm-hmm. I just think that for the longest time, we've been in a cutthroat, catty world that we destroy each other and we burn bridges and we're not respectful, we're not professional. We want to be professionals, but we don't dress professionally, we don't act professionally. We just want to say, you know what, there's another way out there and we want to be, have that influence as part of our legacy. Another big thing, if you're a Gary Vee fan, he talks about legacy. What do you want to leave behind when you're done? What do you want your kids to think about you when you're long gone? Um, I mean, one of the reasons I ask every new employee, what legacy do you want to leave in this world? It's really important to me. I want to hear them thinking at least give me something. Don't just say, I don't know. I mean, be purposeful. Like, I, you know, for us, one of our whys is to really change and uplift our industry so that five, 10 years from now, people will look back and go, yeah, Integrity Lash, they were really cool. 
They really did something. I'm a better company because of that, what that company did. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of companies, no offense to them, but are online through their Instagram, making you feel worse about what you're doing, mm-hmm. making you feel lesser for who you are, mm-hmm. for the choices you make. We want people, when they think of Integrity Lash, to think better of themselves because they had an encounter with us mm-hmm. and that they're more motivated, more driven, more encouraged, more hopefully find that peace, find that joy in their life. Eric and I have talked about this and have a policy. We don't post to create envy. Mm-hmm. We're very conscious about that. We do not want to create posts that create envy because Instagram is an envy just Machine. drug. Mm-hmm. It just destroys people's self-worth. It destroys their self-value and just what their whole life. I mean, I think there's depression is on the rise, and I think social media has been very much connected to that. The more people on social media, the more unhappy they are. Mm-hmm. So if there's any way we can break that trend by saying, you know what, let's show what we're doing, but let's be careful. I don't want to be like showing me, you know, on a yacht, you know, eating my flame and yawn and, you know, with all the young girls. Girls I usually hang out on the weekends, you know, <laughs> you don't know about that yet. So. <laughs> um, I'm not on social media. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Don't put that on social media, Paul. Duh. <laughs> no, but I mean, just trying to make people think I'm amazing because so many of these people are just faking it. Mm-hmm. They're just going up in homes, taking pictures of them in their car. It's not their car. It's their friend's car. Well, just all those fake lives out there. And then you feel bad about yourself and feel unmotivated. And that actually distorts your why too, mm-hmm. because all of a sudden now you're like, well, I want my Instagram to look like their Instagram. So yeah. Yeah. my why is going to change. And I mean, yeah. I know Paul has talked about on our last cast stories to just unfollow those people, unfollow the people that make you feel like crap. And yeah. even the curated imperfection, those are those are almost worse where they're like, <laughs> I'm so real and relatable and yeah. I just had a really hard day, but like this picture is flawless, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I just spent three hours on this post, but my life's a mess. Like, yeah. okay, I'm not sure. You had the three hours to do that post. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. But for me personally, I'm a Christian and I feel like my faith is my biggest driver. Mm-hmm. Living for God and living for his kingdom and his purposes is really what it is. God has two commands, love him, love people. Mm-hmm. That's my why. Yeah. I just follow that. Love people, love God. And everyone wins. And so that's not always easy because as people, we tend to be selfish. and We tend to think about ourselves and want to make sure that I am doing what's best for me. That's my natural wiring. Actually, I don't have a problem loving myself. I love myself a lot. <laughs> if it comes to my kids, I learned that quickly. My kids, I'm like, ah, shut up. You know, leave me alone. I want my time. Where did my time to go when I got kids? It sucked. And so I became very, very selfish. And I, and I had to work through that. Gary married taught me how selfish I was because all of a sudden I had this partner in life who I had to think about before myself. I had to lay down my life for her over and over and I didn't. She'll tell you, the first five years, I was a jerk. (laughs) I just would go off. I would leave and do whatever I want. The baby would be crying, bye, I'm out of here. Go out with my friends. And I was just really not very sensitive. I was very selfish. And so, anyhow, for me, those are my guiding principles. Those are the things that really get me going. You know, want to make a difference in the industry and then living true to who I am as a Christian, living out my faith that way in real practical, tangible ways is important to me. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's what drives me and that's my why. And our team, I think we should, remind me, we should do a collective why. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be really cool to hear as a team what we're doing. I think a lot of the making a difference in the industry is part of it. I know Erica wants to do that. Mm-hmm. I know Christina wants to see that happen. I know love is so driven. Like that girl is like, give me something. I want, I'm going to change things. I'm going to kill people. You know, <laughs> she's like so driven and she's so just on fire to make a difference and make an impact with her life. And I just like, that's so cool. I love seeing that and seeing her find way 
is to be that to our team. And I know that's why she came here yesterday, help set up, do all this stuff, because she wants to help out. She's just mm-hmm. driven for that. Mm-hmm. When we think about the podcast, like why we do this, it's mm-hmm. like we're thinking several years down the road, and it's like we want the whole Lash landscape to be different. Yeah. You know, like these friendships between Molly and Jasmine. I mean, that's... That should be the norm. That's, yeah, and yeah. that's the fruit of what we want. We want to give information and create a community and, and all that good stuff. Yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Very Anyone good. Else? If there's any prizes left, you yeah, can get one Yeah, grab a prize. The super uh, so, yeah, valuable. Yeah, the, the prize ch- uh, bag is on your chair. It just travels there naturally. This just pops up. Anyone else? How many prizes do we check and see how many prizes we have? Only a few left. Only a few. And how are we doing on time? We're doing good. We're getting close. We're almost okay. ready to wrap it up. And then the real party starts, the after party, after the party starts. That's going to be awesome. Right? No? Okay, maybe not. I think um, we're partied we out. We're partied out. <laughs> party poopers. So, by the way, should we do next time this meeting first, then the soiree? Would that be should smarter? Should we do that better? Yeah, Jasmine's going, yes, please. <laughs> Yeah, she's been here there's like two days, or two off days, and she's been here like 24 hours. So Let's hear it for Jasmine. Yeah, so Jasmine, awesome. Um, let's just go through and see if there's anything else. Oh, know what? This is the best. This, I love this question, and I'd like to get your you guys' takes on this. Mm-hmm. This is from our listener, Molly. <laughs> this is like our one-on-one with Molly. where we're, she, yeah. For all our listeners, we sent an email out to everyone saying, hey, send us some questions, and we got some. But Molly sent me literally... Yeah, it's like 15, 20 questions. And that was our backup plan. If no one asked questions, we were just going to do Molly questions all day and call it the Molly episode. But this one I love. She asked, what are two concerns you have for this industry as it is today? I have my two because I had time to think about it. But do you guys uh, want me to start and then you think and you jump in when you can uh, Mm -hmm. have your two Mm -hmm. cents? Mm -hmm. All right. So there's two things. The first one is actually not just lashes. It's just the beauty industry in general. It's deregulation. Is right now, it's across the board. You're seeing it in almost, I mean, tons of states. An organization you should follow is the PBA, Professional Beauty Association. If you do not follow it right now, please follow it. At minimum, even better, become a member. Become, they lobby for us. They're your, they're they're your lobby. They're our advocates. They're your advocates. They're the ones fighting in D.C. They're the ones fighting in your local state capital. They are trying to keep our industry at a high level. They are trying to make us professionals, by the way. Their goal is to have that high standard, that high level of professionalism where we have respect for people and what we do. And they are always going in and they keep up to date. They help you know. And by the way, they also are the ones behind NAHA. So if you know NAHA, National Association, I don't know, what is it? Some awards. NAHA. Yeah. National, yeah, thank you. No, I was, because there's Nala and Naha. In the last world, we have Nala. In the hair world, they have Naha, which I wonder where they got Nala from. North American Hairdresser Award. Running off the beaten path here. So, where was that? PBA. So, you should join PBA, become a member, pay the fees. It's not that much. If you're a single operator, it's actually pretty cheap. It's like 100, maybe 125. And it's a good money to spend. You're helping an organization that's fighting for you and all the around the country as far as in the legal battles. And what's happening is there's just a wave. It goes both ways. I've still been in the only beauty industry for about you know 13 years, so I still feel like I'm a baby. But there was a wave. So there'll be a wave for regulation, and then there'll be a wave for deregulation. And then it just kind of goes back and forth. Right now, we're in the wave of deregulation and why that's a bad thing. Well, if we deregulate, it means anyone at some point can do your service. Anyone with no training, no background, no 
idea of safety protocols, not even being vetted in any way. I think it's good to have some process where you have to do hours, become esthetician, become a hairstylist. It's getting rid of the riffraff because all of a sudden that's gone. Anyone can do hair. Anyone can do lashes. Anyone can just work. And I think that means anyone will do it. And that's going to be more bad problems going to happen. Bad work's going to happen. People's careers, your career is going to be, imagine now, you guys are already freaking out that there's too much competition out there and that they're hurting us and they're lowering the prices. Imagine if you have no training and you're going to start doing lashes tomorrow. I want to do new sets for 25. Now, they probably won't do it for very long because they're going to suck, but who cares? They're still diluting and they're causing more trouble for the industry. We need some vetting process. There needs to be some way to make sure you pay your dues, that you get in there and you've done the hard work and you've earned the right to be called an esthetician, a hairstylist, and you've um, also learned the protocols that make you at least trustworthy, um, hopefully. In terms you, you of sanitation. sanitation and and it's not that difficult. It's not like, oh my gosh, this idea of being clean? I don't know. I need 1,600 hours to learn how to be clean. No, it doesn't take that long. But that said, at least you've done your time, you've paid your dues, and you've got those things. And you said you've tested out with the state board, and you've proven that you know your information. That stuff is really important, and that is actually right now being challenged. There are states trying to get rid of all regulation, like nothing, like you could, anyone can do it. Or they're just saying, okay, we're just going to say you only need this. We're going to cut the hours down to nothing. You know, it's like, oh, and now you need just 200 hours to do this. It's just not a good trend and something that you need to support the PBA. Another one for me is trainer, trainers and publications and brands not supporting salons. Okay. Yeah, that was going to be one of my it's to me, it's the most maddening thing about the last world. There's just too many trainers who don't themselves, a lot of them don't even run their own salons, or if they do, um, if you get to know them a little bit better, you find out that they actually don't make any money off the salon or they're just doing training because they're practicing what they preach and they basically either pay and uh, commission rates that no one can handle and they can't even handle. That's why they're not being paid right now and that's why they're trainers. Or they just outright say you're an idiot if you go work in a salon. I mean, we were at a conference a couple of years ago and we're sitting there at a table. I was, but testing mm-hmm. and one of our team members and they're talking around the table and our team members who's paid very well, been with us for three and a half, four years. And, and they're going around, oh, what are you? She goes, oh, I'm, I'm an employee, I'm team-based pay. And they go, oh, you're an idiot. No, she said, well, if you're really good and you know that you've made it, you're 1099. Yeah. And my teammates said, well, I'm really good and I feel like I've made a really good living and I'm a W-2. Yeah. And, and there's this idea that you should be an independent contractor or, yeah. A lot of that's just financial illiteracy. You know, yeah. she said, she's like, I don't pay my employment taxes. My boss does. If you're 1099, you have to. Yeah. And the gal who said that had no idea. She just, yeah. just didn't even know. I mean, I'll but just say this again. I've said this in another podcast. If you're making $50,000 as a W-2, you're making $50,000 plus the taxes you owe. If you're making $50,000 as a 1099, you're actually only making around 45000 Because there's $5,000 in added taxes added to you that you're paying to the IRS out of your own pocket. That's a self-employment tax that you have to pay. That's what the employer normally pays. So are you really making more money as a 1099? No, you're not. You're actually making a little bit less for the same amount of hours and time and money. So it's not necessarily, 1099 is not. By the way, 1099, as we said earlier, is technically illegal for almost every situation because you're really an employee disguised as a contractor to save yourself some money so the employer can say, wow, I have 10 employees. I just saved myself $45,000 a year that I get to keep because I'm making them pay those taxes now. And that's really ethically a 
that's a bad decision. And it's also legally, you're going to get yourself in the trouble with the IRS too, doing that type of stuff. Yeah. But back to the whole trainers and all these, I think that is a lot of these people, they're just trying to sell training. They're going to say whatever they can to sell training. I don't think that's wrong. It's not like they're evil, but they don't know. I think they're just ignorance here. Yeah. And also, I think they want to say what gets the troops all rallied together. And I think telling people in the room, you guys should all be your own boss. And everyone's like, yes, I watch Shark Tank. I'm going to be my own boss finally. And, you know, it's just this whole entrepreneur thing where everyone watches The Profit. Everyone watches Shark Tank. And now everyone thinks the only option in the world is to be their own boss. That being an employee are where the dumb people go now. Now. And that's just not true. There are plenty of people who worked at Apple computers back in the day who made a ton of money, by the way, being employees. You can make a great living as an employee. In fact, I think most people are wired to be employees. Most of us work better when we have structure around us, work better when we have people keeping us accountable, work better when there's like rules and things set up. Most of us, when we're left to our own, are not very good at getting things done. And that's where the entrepreneur kicks in. Those people are self-driven and they are meant to do that type of work. And there's no shame for being saying, I'm an employee and I love it. There's no shame, but our industry tends to shame people and think you're half a last stylist just because you chose to be an employee and not an owner. And that's, I think that's a big problem. And I hope, I love, if we ever have this last conference, me and Tara Walsh has talked about, we'll have a last conference and we'll talk about all this stuff with everyone and bring this to the table and confront all the trainers and say, you guys got to stop yeah. doing this. You got to start showing some love. By the way, they are probably your biggest buyers if you are buying product from some of these companies. Um, the single operator doesn't buy as much as a salon that has like 10 employees. Now, I don't think that the people that are saying this, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt, and I don't want to say that um, they're doing it maliciously. No. I don't think that they know. But they I know. think that that hurts our industry because it continually propels this myth that you're not going to be successful. You can't really make it if you are either working for a salon or if you are working for a salon, you should be making a 70% commission. That is outright harmful. It is harmful and I think it's irresponsible for trainers to say that. If you do that as a practice, I really want to encourage you to think about that. It's damaging. Yeah, I mean, I've seen and I've talked to people who've paid their staff to go to a trainer, and this is not just a couple, I mean, it's a lot of people I've talked to. They paid a staff to go to a trainer, and while that student is there in the room, the trainer bashes anyone working for a salon. Says, oh, by the way, if you're working for someone, you need to go get your own place and work for yourself. You're not making the best decisions by working for this person. And meanwhile, they've had it all paid. <laughs> they paid for the class, paid for the airfare, paid for the hotel, and now you're being bashed by this person that you paid all this money to. And some of these trainers are not cheap, right? I mean, they're charging $1,800. They have 10 students. They're making 20 grand for two days of work, which, you know, no offense, guys, but that's pretty crazy money. No wonder why everyone wants to be a trainer, right? It's like, crap, I'm making $40,000 a year doing lashes, or I can work for two months and make 40 grand. I mean, it doesn't take a really smart person to figure out that's a good place to go. And that's why, by the way, another problem, a lot of people are just trying to jump straight to training. Screw learning how to do lashes right. I'm just going to be a trainer. And I actually know I've met trainers who barely can do lashes. But they take five-hour photo shoots to do their models. So they get this great-looking set, and then they photograph that thing like 20,000 different ways to make it look like 20 different people. Then they post it and say they're this amazing trainer, and they're not. They can't even barely do lashes themselves. They need five hours to do it. 
And because it's a model, they're not tracking the satisfaction of the model's experience. They don't I'm going to piss off a bunch of people right now with this thing. Some listeners are like, know, screw Paul, I'm done listening to this podcast. It's a very honest question, <laughs> and I think it, it, it kind of hits a nerve. I mean... It, you know, it's not really a level playing field. It's not, you know. No. And if you're taking advice from somebody who is a trainer, you should only take advice from somebody who's actually walked in those steps that you're trying to follow. So if they're giving business advice, make sure that they have the track record to stand up to that. That shows what they do. Yeah. So I think hopefully we'll see that more. I think we're hearing more people talking about it. I keep talking to more owners who seem to bring it up as one of their concerns. So maybe we'll see it. Big thing is we should really learn from the hair industry. Hair industry, I've shared this. I don't know if I did this during the podcast before or maybe during the year. I've talked so much today I can't remember. But I said, you know, in the hair industry, it's expected when you're done learning in school that you're going to go an apprentice somewhere and work for a while and learn the ropes. In our industry, for whatever reason, we think, hey, you just became an esthetician, take your two-day class, open your shop, you're on your own. Good luck. And then, you, you know, I, I find this kind of insulting, and I know they mean well, but they'll post a photo, beware world, all these new people just became last professionals, they're going to kill it. Yeah, give them a year, okay? Not, no, not next weekend. Don't go see them next weekend. You won't have lashes if you see them next weekend. And I know that that picture you just posted of them, and it looks kind of nice, you know what? It lasted only two days, okay? As soon as they walk out the door, you can make anything look good on the picture. This is thing called Photoshop, right? You can fix anything, Facetune, name it. There's plenty of things out there. A lot of these people Photoshop the crap out of their photos to make them look great, and then, you know, the, the work is not great. There's no way in the world you're telling me someone can learn lashes in two days and go out and kill That's it. It's never picked up tweezers. You know, even if they have years of experience of working with fine microprocessors and that's what they did, like assembling printed circuit boards, even that somebody has very good muscle control, the very first time that they pick up a, a lash or isolate, you can't get those skills unless you're superhuman. I mean, the first couple times you do it, it's just impossible. Yeah, it's not fair. So anyhow, we're big fans of salons. We think there should be a more better protocol so people learn their craft, go work in a salon, get trained, get mentored, be taught how to run a business. We need to train these owners, right? That's why we did Elevate today, to help you guys learn to be better owners so that then you can turn around, train your team members to be great employees so when they decide to do it, they'll follow your footsteps and build a great business and we can begin to shift this where there's a more standard protocols and respect shown to owners and show respect for the people who do the blood, sweat, and tears, do all the hard work. Take all the risk. Take, take all the all risk, the all the liability. Yeah, all that. And then we can slowly build up our industry and actually have people working their way through. It's okay to want to be a boss. Everyone can be a boss if they want to, but there should be an order and there should be a system to it so that everyone wins and that we don't hurt our industry the way it is right now. Okay. So I want yeah, to, th- that was the first thing that I was going to okay. say. I was going to say two I stole one. Yeah, things that hurt the industry that I'm concerned about. That's the first crummy thing. The second crummy thing is how people leave their current situation. And it's like, as soon as somebody thinks, oh, I'm going to leave and start my own business, sometimes people, their ethics just completely fall apart. And what we see happen often, it's just a very common thing, is that the people that they have been servicing, their clients that belong to the salon, what happens is they think these clients belong to me. And before I leave, I'm going to have a secret conversation with each of the people. By the way, Mary Beth, I'm so glad to know you. I'm going to be moving down the street doing my own thing. So here's my number and I'll contact you in two weeks, you know, and they do that. 
under the nose of the current owner. And then one day they walk out and open their own thing down the street. And it's devastating on many levels. First of all, you know, the first time this happened to me, I'm such a people person, I didn't have the language, I didn't have the ability to answer correctly. But the first gal that did this came to me and said, well, you know, I'm going to do my own thing now. I'm going to take my clients with me. And I really feel like it's fair because I'm the one that worked on them the whole time and I'm the one that built them up. So I'm going to take them with me. And I'm just like... Okay, all right, good luck with that. And then afterwards, I'm like, oh my gosh, what did I just say? And I wish that at the time I had said, you know what, I understand that you feel that they're your clients, but I'm the one that paid to train you. I'm the one that took on all the touch-ups and things that when you weren't performing at your best, when you couldn't do it, when you had to stop a set in tears, I'm the one that stepped in. I'm the one that had to give refunds back. I'm the one that turned those bad reviews around. I paid for the advertising dollars to get those people in here. When you Take the liability. Yeah. When you came to work for me, the clients that come to Integrity Lash, they belong to Integrity Lash. And I wish that I had said that then. It's super damaging for people to do that because they're going to go ahead and open up another salon and have somebody else do this to them. And it kind of dilutes the pool. We were having a conversation about this, how it impacts the whole industry, is that it dilutes everything. And then you've got more people in chaos because you know, I know that we weren't running things the way that we do now, but the people that left, they're thinking, okay, we're going to open the salon and, and it's going to be better than it was at Integrity Lash. And they do the same things and, you know, and, and we follow them and they've had the same kind of walkouts. But that kind of mentality and that practice that people do is super damaging. It's damaging to the relationships and it's damaging to our industry. Yeah. All right, Erica, you had like a half hour to think about your two things. <laughs> What's the question again? No. Yeah. Mine are, I actually took notes because I was like, I'm going to forget all this, my little bullet points. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like what I see in the industry are questionable standards being set. So we see standards that are set that are not consulted with doctors, not consulted in science. And then it turns into the parrot effect. So one person trains on this standard, 20 people. And then those 20 people tell their five lash friends. You know, it just trickles down and we're parroting information we've been told that's the wrong information. So a perfect example is not getting our lashes wet for 24 hours. That was never based in science. We just decided that that's what we were going to do. And then... The science didn't change. We just became educated as an industry. So I feel like for me, that's a concern I see a lot, even like more recently where I'm just like, what's the science behind this? Like, why are we deciding that this is the standard now? Like, I don't really get it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know how that would ever be regulated. Like, like, how do I change that? I don't know. I just, I educate, you know, my coworkers and my clients as much as possible, but that is a concern for me. I don't know what, how that's going to play out, but that's something that I see that I, that makes me kind of like mm, yeah. cringe yeah. a little bit. Well, I think that when people hear something, a claim like, oh, you shouldn't push on the client's eyelid because it will cause them to go blind. We have heard this by thought leaders in our industry. You hear something that maybe pricks your ears up a little bit that doesn't quite make sense. I want you to look into that. I don't want you to just hear something and then repeat it like Erica saying parroting. I want you to go to the source. I want you to figure out, is it, okay, what kind of pressure can we put on somebody's eye before they will go blind? It is a tremendous (laughs) amount of pressure 
to pop that globe. I talked to our consultant, Dr. Stout, about, is this true? And he he laughed and he said, no, actually, we don't do this anymore, but it was standard for over 50 years that before anyone did a surgical procedure, we actually put a weight on their eyes and press their eyes down. It basically causes the blood flow to go out of the eye and the eye kind of faints a little bit. That's what we do with LASIK. Basically, they can't see or anything like that, but it is a lot of pressure. And he's like, that was standard. And that is not even enough to cause the eye to go blind. It's crazy to make that kind of claim. So if you hear something that's not quite right, research it. Don't just parrot it. Just because it's been said from somebody who maybe has been in the industry for a long time or who has 50,000 followers, figure out where the science is and ask those questions. And don't just believe everything we say. We always tell people in our training, question everything we tell you. Go yeah. out there, test it, find out, talk to people. But make it not just, I just heard someone say this, so you must be wrong. That's not really finding the truth. It's better to maybe go out and experiment. Try it. Like right. the wedding lashes. Go out and actually do it. Do 10, 15, 20 people and see what the results do. And if all of a sudden you see the lashes falling out, you can say Paul and Tustany are all full of it. And if you see, wow, actually their lashes are fine. Maybe, in fact, we've had people tell us, no, actually, I've seen better results with my lashes and my class like it now. Well, then you know what? Maybe we're right. So anyhow, what's your other one, Erica? So my other one might just be my own personal thing. (laughs) (laughs) Or maybe because, you know, I help with the social media a little bit. But I feel like there's this insane standard in social media that we all have to be like professional photographers and perfect editors and know all the perfect editing apps to use. And this is kind of a funny one for me because I do love perfection. We talked about the Enneagram earlier. I know nobody knows what it is, but please go take that test. It's so enlightening, but they're numbered one through nine. I'm an Enneagram one and the Enneagram one. And what does that mean, Erica? I mean, it means a lot of things, but in this context, I just, my eye goes to anything in my surroundings that's like wrong or off or could be fixed. (laughs) Which by the way, working with me is very difficult for her because I'm such not a details person. I'm kind of like a mad mess all the time. As you could probably tell with all the typos that was in his... um... Oh gosh. (laughs) But it doesn't boil my blood. I just, I kind of think it's funny. I'm just like, okay. (laughs) That's just Paul running around like a madman. Yeah. so. So for me, it's, it's more because I'm thinking about the new lash artist who is just starting, who's super intimidated by these like Vogue Instagram accounts. And I'm like, just focus on putting content up, document, don't create. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just uh, document. Another Gary Vism, document, don't create. If you're worried about what to make, stop thinking about creating, just document your day. Yeah, and show your face. Yeah. Like, let people know who you are. Be real. Be human. Engage with people on your page and just, you know, don't... I mean, if you want a Vogue account, that's cool. I want one of those. I don't have enough time. Yeah. But, like... I think they're awesome to look at. Yeah. You don't have to look perfect either to do it. Um, sometimes we put a lot of stress on ourselves. I don't have a full face of makeup on. There's I never a, do. That's right. So when, when, this explains a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's a saying that I had, housework, even done improperly, still blesses your family. So sometimes I would feel like, oh, I don't have time to wash the whole floor. I'm not going to wash it. But I realized that even if I can just do a couple spots on the floor, it's still a blessing to the family. So even if you are not perfect in a full face of makeup, if everything isn't the way that you completely want it, you can still put your best out and it will still be good for your business and it will be good for your audiences. You know, it doesn't have to be perfect. I think that's it. I think we got to wrap. (laughs) Thank you very much, guys. A round of applause for being in here all day, hanging in. We literally, today, I mean, this is crazy. We started at 9 o'clock at 7, 18 p.m., 
That's over 10 hours you guys survived, an intensive day. We did call it business intensive, right? So mm -hmm. it really was that. And thank you so much for being part of our little experiment here to do this podcast with a live audience. I wish we'd do every podcast like this. This would be super cool. We'd just hang out with people like a radio show or something. But anyhow, thank you guys. Otherwise, thank you all you who are listening right now. And we will be seeing you again sometime soon. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. Thank you, guys. <laughs> And that wraps up the show. Remember, we have a couple things coming up. The big promotion we're doing right now for Elevate. Make sure you go to our Instagram, repost the wall or story, and get entered into the drawing, as well as get a DM with a $50 discount code. Also, remember, we'll be at IBS itself, so you can come out and hang out with us with Tara Walsh and Shelby and all the other Lash people. This is a great time to have fun and be with people. Also, I want to ask you to please follow us on Instagram, at Integrity Lash and at Lashcast Podcast. Remember to subscribe, share, and review. The reviews, we love the reviews. They make our day or week. I shower in them. It's awesome. So please leave a review. We really, really need those. That gives us the fire to keep going with this thing. If you have any questions, suggestions, or feedback, please DM us at Lashcast Podcast. On behalf of our engineer, Britton, my Lash experts, Erica and Tusney, I want to thank you for taking some time to listen. Keep on lashing, and remember, you have a friend in the lash industry.